Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, pop culture, travel, entertainment, and more. You can also catch us online at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L, central.com, keyword skewed, which is a network of newspapers that we uh, do game reviews for. You can catch me on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM. And, of course, we have Skewed and Reviewed the Magazine. So, uh, also available, Sci-Fi Radio, lots of outlets, lots of syndication. And uh, we've got Justin and Michael, as usual, and we're going to go do a uh, little bit of a quicker recap. We plan to be back to a more normal format Um Hopefully next week, we normally record on Sundays and uh, recap the week, take a look ahead. But uh, with all the travel and the stuff going on lately, we've had people away from uh, different times. So this is the first time we've got everyone all together in a couple weeks, and we're having to do this during the week. Uh, so let's talk about a couple of games first, and then we'll get into it. We've got a October 17th release for Skull Island, The Rise of Kong. And uh, playing a beta, we've got an interview up for a new FPS game called Sprawl. And I've been playing the beta a little bit, thinking a little bit of Ghost Runner with uh, similar combat in that you don't go toe-to-toe and take a lot of damage. Basically, if you take a couple of hits, you're done. So you have to be very stealthy about it. And the other thing I wanted to mention is Hyenas is going to be putting out its beta very soon. So if you're a fan of this, it's a three-on-three team-based first-person shooter where you essentially have to go in and raid a um, spaceship. And, of course, there is another team that is there trying to do the same thing and trying to stop you from completing the raid and getting out, as well as all the security defenses on the ship so you have zero gravity areas you have all kinds of combat drones healing and it's basically uh nothing more joyous than dropping in shooting up the security people thinking you got the drop and the bad guys on the other team were just hanging back waiting for you to expend your ammunition and then they drop drop in take you out and then take the uh bounties so definitely do that so, Michael, uh, let's start with you. You were away at Knott's Berry Farm last Thursday. So why don't you bring us up to speed about what has been going on? Yeah, so they had their annual, I want to say annual, it's been a, been a little bit while for some of these things. But the, uh, the Knott's Berry Farm um, maze reveal, where they kind of took an opportunity to um, show off what's coming with the new Knott's Berry Farm, and this being the 50th anniversary of Knott's Berry Farm, um, they're trying to, you know, put on the biggest show, best show that they possibly can. Um, so we were able to get an, an opportunity to kind of um, see some of the new um, announced mazes that were coming out. The three new ones for this season are the, the Chilling Chambers, um, which initially began in 1977. It was called the Ten Chilling Chambers. And what they've done is they've kind of updated that particular maze uh, for a more... Uh, current event type uh, scenario, but at the same time, they're bringing back a lot of the older, um, you know, the haunts from years past. They're bringing that more up to, up to date. Um, Room 13, um, which is a new one, um, where they're also um, introducing their new cocktail for the season, which is the Devil's Elixir, which we got to try 
um, while we were there, and it's fantastic. Um, and they kind of tie that into that particular um, maze, and that particular maze kind of deals with the Roaring Twenties. It kind of takes you back to um, Prohibition and that sort of thing. And then finally, the, the last new one they announced was Cinema Slasher. This is about you going to a theater and then becoming part of a horror slasher film while you're in that theater. So, you know, as always, some pretty unique takes on new mazes. You know, for those who are familiar with Not Scary Farm, they usually introduce two or three new mazes a year and then bring back several um, fan favorites. Um, some of the fan favorites to bring back are like Deaths um, is one of the ones from last year. There were, I think, seven or eight others. Um, but all in all, you know, they always put on a really great show um, for the, you know, again, being the kind of the creators of the uh, Haunted Maze um, band, they kind of were the first ones to do it. Um, and then just obviously the introduction of not only the mazes, but the specialty treats they offer for the season. Um, all in all, you know, it's a really good show for those who get an opportunity to go out there. It starts um, September 21st and runs through October 31st um, with various nights and deals. If you go out to their website right now, um, they have various deals that offer fast pass for those people who want to cut the line, you know, be in front of the lines to get through the mazes. Um, they have deals with the hotel, they have deals with food, uh, all in all. So again, it's just a good opportunity to go out for those who haven't had a chance. Now would be a really good time to do it, again, because it is their uh, 50th anniversary. I know the tickets will sell fast, um, and they are available now for folks who want to go out there and take advantage. Yeah, and it's definitely worth doing it, just to give an idea the tickets run fifty nine ninety nine. There's an admission and meal bundle from seventy four ninety nine. There's a really uh, you know like full on one for two hundred, which is a single night admission to it. You get an entree from the menu. You get the freight lane, general parking, and so on. So you save up to one hundred and ten over the gift uh, over the uh, um, what do you call it? the uh, line price and then there's also a $145 one that basically gets you in gets you access to the mazes priority boarding on select rides uh, I did one like that last year where uh, went on um, what was it Ghost Rider and it was in the dark they have a pass I believe they originally went from saying they're sold out to some of these available they have a scary farm pass for $149 which basically gets you unlimited admissions to it and then uh, I don't know if you heard about this one. Uh, there's a buffet for 45 bucks where you get to all you can eat dinner, souvenir bo bottle, photo with the monster, and you get early access to select mazes. Uh, they did this last year on press night. They let us into uh, the back area where the depths was and one of the new mazes. So there was three old ones. Uh, what was it like waxwork, the depths, and I forget what the spaceship one is called. It's the one they're retiring this year. He had that one plus one of the new mazes, and that was fun. And then there's, uh, like I said, they have the $550 one that gets you admission to Scary Farm, private guide for up to six hours, a buffet dinner, T-shirt, general vehicle parking, and uh, private access. So those are all definitely things that you want to do. I know last year I was thrilled because they had two new mazes. Both of those are coming back this year. Mesmer from the prior year is coming back. So I'll be able to try three new mazes, get to try the ones uh, from last year again, and then I get to go see the older ones uh, before one of which is retired. So that'll be really exciting. I know you're covering uh, Hello Scream at SeaWorld, and we've got our team all set up to cover 
um, Halloween Horror Nights at um, Universal. I know you said you were going to try to catch that as well. So it looks like we've got some really solid Halloween coverage in place. Justin, do you have any comments about these Halloween things at all? No, I mean, I think it's definitely worth checking out. Michael, I'm curious. Of the three mazes, uh, new ones, which one were you most or excited about or which one seemed to have the the biggest reaction out of the crowd? So the one that I like, I think the Chilling Chambers had a lot of reaction because the folks have been going for probably not 50 years, but for going 20 or 30 years. Um, they get to see some of their fan favorites from years past. I think to me, I like the Cinema Slasher one sounded like the most unique experience because, again, it's about you going to see a Cinema Slasher movie and then being pulled into that movie and then being chased by the Slasher, right? So I think that's yeah. a, it's a pretty unique um, take on their uh, on their on the maze, and I, again, I think it's a I think it's just kind of a unique idea. So I'm really excited to see um, how these look and how they turn out. We didn't get a big uh, view of the maze themselves. The show was pretty pretty quick. Um, but what I will say is, my wife and I did uh, purchase um, a hotel uh, combo pack that covers the hotel entrance to the park. It covers meals and it covers. Um, Fright, the, the Fright Lanes, as well as the early admission to the mazes. So um, they do offer a lot of packages with the hotel as well. Uh, for folks who are planning to do it anyways, they, um, definitely look out there for those. But all in all, yeah, I think that one's going to be the most interesting to see. But we're, we're obviously excited to see all of them. The two last year were so very different. I mean, you have the one where you went in, and it was like a steampunk vampire thing where you actually went after them with laser uh, guns. And then you have the Grimoire, which I thought was going to be like an Evil Dead thing. And the next thing you know, you're kind of like doing a jump through various eras in time. Uh, the, the Goring 21 looks interesting. I like the one with all the nostalgia, but that was the one that, that you mentioned that first caught my attention when I said, so I get to go into a horror film. So that is going to be very interesting. And it looks like, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. And the funny thing is, uh, people are saying, Oh, you know, it's really hot in Arizona. It's hot here. Uh, hopefully the folks in Florida are staying safe with the hurricane coming down on them. I know California just got it. You look at the calendar right now, and we're talking, uh, what, one, two, so one, two, three weeks from Thursday, this thing's rolling, and um, one week from this Thursday, and Universal Studios is kicking off. So it's like, you know, it's going to be on us before we know it. So that is really interesting. Now, another thing that is going to be on us before we know it is last weekend we had Gamescom, and Justin and I discussed that. Well, lo and behold, folks, we are right here. It's time for the Penny Arcade Expo, PAX West. We have two people on hand who will be going up and doing the coverage this year. And uh, we talked about, you know, some of the companies that were, um, you know, not going to be there and then lo and behold we started to get a little bit of news that some of the companies you know like for example that was all oh hey we don't have uh, Sony and we don't have Microsoft and we don't have this and that means we're not having this company and we're not having this company but then all of a sudden quietly we found out that Ubisoft is going to be there and it was like huh this is an interesting you know change of pace because in this you know huge display of uh smaller indie companies 
all of a sudden, here's Square Enix, here's Ubisoft, here's Sega, and, uh, you know, here's um, Nintendo doing a Direct. So uh, we'll start with you, Justin. What do you make of all this uh, late movement? It's pretty interesting. You know, I, I uh, like, like I was mentioning last week, um, Gamescom was a little bit mixed for me. Uh, there was, you know, a, a lot of things were shown off, but uh, I just don't think a lot of the things that uh, I, I that were shown were were really for me specifically. And that that's just going to happen. It's just everybody has their own specific tastes. Um, it's kind of interesting though that uh, there's some more movement coming out uh, after Gamescom. Um, I had a suspicion that Nintendo might be doing something that kind of seemed to time a lot of their directs around these events, but not like specifically at them. So I was kind of expecting. Plus, it was it was kind of interesting that they, I think, had a pre- presence at Gamescom or announced that they were had a presence at Gamescom, but they didn't really have a direct to coincide with it uh, directly. So um, they were kind of an interesting case, but it, lo- it seems like they're going to be getting a uh, a direct um, that's um, centered on Mario uh, here this week. So. Uh, I'm curious to see what's shown off at, at PAX as well. It, it tends to be a really good show for uh, the, the you know very low budget uh, indie uh, games as well as kind of like your your kind of middle of the road um, uh, indie titles as well. So uh, hopefully we get to see some some new stuff out of there. And another one to mention is Devolver is showing up, and people know that they were known at E3. For doing kind of these quirky uh, showcases and stuff like that. So, Michael, what do you make of this? Yeah, I was going to mention Devolver is going to be there. Bandai Namco is going to be there as well. Mm-hmm. And Larian Studios coming off their mega hit, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Um, I wouldn't necessarily expect to see anything new from them, but it, it's it, we see these, I, I would say, mid to upper tier indie teams that are coming out to show off their works. And, you know, again, there's, there's some quite a few hardware. Um, folks there as well. I know Be Quiet's going to be there. EK is going to be there. I think MSI is going to be there. Um, I think Gigabyte also is going to be there. There's a couple of other ones, um, mm-hmm. but it's a good um, it's a good mix, and I think it's it's probably good to get away from some of the bigger studios for a change and let these kind of medium to high end um, indie um, you know developers show off what they have and. And that sort of thing. What we're seeing is there's there's a fine line now between indie and AAA anymore. And some of the indie games are actually being a lot more innovative and creative with their releases because um, they have a bit more freedom when they're doing development and that sort of thing. So yeah, I think it's good that we're going to get to see some of this stuff. I wouldn't expect any, any major announcements. Probably not things that we're not already aware of that's coming down the pipe. But maybe get to see some um, what what these teams are working on and what types of games they have coming up in the future. Yeah, very good point. I mean, as we said, the biggest thing that I ever remember coming out of PAX West was when we went there, and this was years ago, and my wife said to me, Duke Nukem's here. And I said, oh, what, is there a cosplayer or something? And she goes, no, there's Duke Nukem. I thought it was a retro thing, and it turned out to be Duke Nukem Forever. They, boom, there it is. It does exist. And by the way, come into a showcase and then uh, there, there was a playable version for us. Uh, you know, we had to sign up for it and come back later in the day, but it was 
definitely there. And that was probably the biggest thing. I remember uh, the PSVR 2 reveal there. Uh, not the VR 2, the PSVR uh, reveal, stuff like that. I, you know, a lot of stuff. So uh, it'll be interesting. I, I, I'm happy to see that someone the size of Ubisoft decided to come in. Uh, if I had to roll the dice and guess, I've already told our team, um, you know, make this a priority to go and check them out. My guess is we'll probably get the new Assassin's Creed. Um, I, it would be fantastic to see uh, something new in the, um, uh, what do you call it, like the Division and stuff like that, maybe some of the free-to-play stuff. They might have that uh, X-Squad um, game. Uh, what, what's it called? Is it Xfinity? Or I'm trying to remember what they call it, but you know the, you know the one I'm talking about, Michael. Uh, they're free to play team shooter. Uh, and then let's see what else there is. Um, you know, things of that nature, maybe some of the DLC or the new content, the new seasonal content. Um, you know, one of their games that's been very quiet lately is, um, I'm drawing a blank on this one guys, but do you remember the team-based, it was a three-person team-based uh, shooter where you had to take on the aliens and stuff like that? Um. And, and for the life of me, I just, I've drawn a blank. I played it heavily for a while, and it was, it was part of one of their ongoing series. And then I want to say it might have been part of the Rainbow Six um, lineup. But it was um, it was really good. Oh, uh, Frontiers of Pandora. I would definitely think that is definitely an idea. I, I think Prince of Persia would be great. Star Wars Outlaws would be fantastic. But I think it is probably too early to get anything kind of playable on that one because um, it essentially was... Um, it, you know, we, we got like an announcement and that sort of stuff. Uh, but the the other game that I was thinking about is called X Defiant. And the other one was a Rainbow Six, I want to say, but darn it, I cannot remember the name of it. But it was a Rainbow Six game, and you had to go and deal with um, the aliens who, who would come in, and you would go out in the squads and uh, such like that. I was just thinking... It's been a little quiet, and we've not had anything new on that game anytime soon. And I could see them saying, hey, guess what? Uh, it's time for play, because it's been very, very quiet uh, for a while on that one. So I keep thinking there's got to be possibly something coming in up in the not-too-distant future with that. But, you know, who knows? That's kind of how these games work right now. So, uh, gentlemen, a uh, lot of crazy stuff going on with the labor situation, and now we are hearing some interesting things. Just the other day, we were told that uh, Disney is not moving forward with the already filmed Nautilus TV series, as well as the Spiderwick Chronicles. They're going to take the tax write-offs on both of those, but they're going to look to sell them to a new home. So, uh, Justin, we'll start with you. What do you make of that one? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, 
you know, it's, it's hard to really tell all of the variables at, at play when uh, companies make decisions like this. It's always a little baffling when the the work has largely been done, it's been filmed, it's almost ready to release, but there's things we don't know. So we don't know, you know, how much editing needs to be done. Um, we don't know, you know, uh, what they were looking at in terms of uh, uh, marketing and uh, and release and and uh, and hosting. And, you know, there's a lot of things to 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 think about other than just having the filming done. And if they're basically looking at their their balance sheet, they're they're basically saying, okay, well, we're probably going to get more out of this through a tax write off than than you know spending more to get this ready. Uh, but hopefully, it uh, it has a home somewhere else. Uh, I think that would make sense. It's it's hard to really tell without knowing, you know, what the actual series, uh, um, it, it, what what it's actually going to be like when in its final form. Um, you know, the the other thing too it, to also take into account is some of these shows when they release, if they if they have very poor reception, uh, that can really hurt the the or the uh the perception of of the streaming service and it gives them bad press that's a bunch of things a bunch of news that they don't want as well um so hopefully these these projects will find a home somewhere else uh the other thing that comes to mind is supposedly there had been a a alien vs predator um animated series that that was totally done like not not just it was filmed but it was edited it was ready so at least you know Again, this is a rumor. This is uh, according to somebody who had worked on it. But according to them, it was completely done, and it's basically just sitting ready to go. Um, but there has to be a reason why they're making this decision not to release these. Um, my guess, it, just pure speculation, again, is just it probably just didn't meet quite their standards, and they don't want the bad press related to it. So it's just uh, one of those cases where instead of spending more to get it to where they need it to be, they'll they'll probably shop it somewhere else, um, and then that way it will find a home. You know, hopefully at another streaming service. Yep. And Michael, your take, please. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's hard. It's it's easy for us to speculate whether or not this has to do with. I'm assuming this has to do with some concerns about whether or not they're going to have to pay residuals um, if these were released on the streaming platform. Um, and maybe somebody else is willing to pay those residuals to get that IP. I, you know, again, I don't, I don't know if that's if that's what it is or if it's just a timing thing. Maybe um, they they had a, a window to get it out. In particular, something like Spider Week. Maybe the goal was to get that out around the Halloween season. And if they can't do that because of ongoing disputes or concerns about the disputes or where that's going to be, uh, the timing's just not going to line up for when they want to release it. So they need to, you know, take the hit on it. And, Maybe somebody else will want to pick it up, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things I think that are that are going on with so much uncertainty about that what that final deal is going to be. Um, we've already seen Disney pull like Willow and a couple of their other series, uh, presumably because they didn't want to pay the residuals to the folks who were in those um, shows. Um, and if that come if it comes to that that is the goal is they're going to have to pay so a certain amount of money to the actors for um, you know for whatever they're streaming. They might be holding off on doing anything new um, until they until they get resolved, so they can really understand what the true um, hit is going to be financially based on that. So again, I think it's a lot of speculation right now. The best we can do is kind of hope that they come to some 
um, midpoint where they can come to an agreement on these things. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise that it's gone on this long. Um, you know, again, these kind of things take time, and I think this has been a, a pretty sticky issue for a while that finally just came to a head. So I, I imagine there's going to be a lot to uh, to work through, both from a budgeting financial perspective and from, you know, are they going to have to, are these going to you know, impact streaming? Is it going to impact the amount of money these these uh, costs and what they can, you know, the type of money they can use to develop these series? And maybe that some of that's going to have to take a hit just based on, um, you know, pain residuals, or maybe they're going to do things like limit the amount of time that's on the service for only a couple of months before they pull it down. Um, there's a lot of speculation about what's going on right now, so we just kind of have to wait and see how things pan out. Yeah, and there's some a lot of interesting news circulating around, too. Like, for example, last week we heard the rumors that there have been discussions about following up the Prey movie. That's not really a shocker. When you have a hit like that, of course, the studio's going to want to talk about uh, more. One of the more interesting ones is that there's been a long-speculated Naked Gun reboot with um, Liam Neeson playing the role of Frank Drebin uh, Jr., the son of the late Leslie Nielsen, who's in it. Well, apparently, they've got a script that's moving forward, and they're, uh, you know, once the, um, what do you call it, the labor situations resolved, uh, then we might be seeing that in the not-too-distant future. And it says, it is interesting to note, there's still a huge demand for the movies. Uh, the other day, we had uh, National Cinema Day, where they had $4 movies. It was $3 last year. Theaters were fairly packed. We went and saw Barbie, and while the theater itself was not, that individual theater was not too packed, there were a lot of people at the concession counters, and some of the newer films uh, did really well, according to some of the latest stats. 8.5 million people in the U.S. alone went and saw a movie on National Theater Day. The four top films all saw surges on Sunday. Barbie was up 6%. Blue Beetle was up 32%. Gran Turismo, 14%. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 37% increase. Uh, and this was mainly people saying, okay, let's take the kids. We got a cheap movie here. Let's go. So the last thing I wanted to uh, close with today is we got news earlier today that Kit Young, off Shadow and Bone, uh, is going to be a late addition to the cast of Noah Hawley's Alien prequel series. Now, apparently he signed for a one-year deal that won't commit uh, to a third season of Shadow and Bone should it be greenlit. His character is apparently called Toodles and joins the roster um, of the cast. Now, the interesting thing about it is they've been filming over in Thailand but they've been doing it with members of the UK Acting Union Equity, which are not on strike. And so they filmed as much as they can. Uh, but apparently they took a break on Friday because I guess they've got to the point in the story where they can't film anymore without the SAG actors and actresses. And so they had planned a break. So they've done a lot of filming. Uh, but now they've suspended it as uh, planned last Friday. But they are continuing with uh, set construction and crew members doing their stuff so that the moment the strike ends, they could be immediately uh, back to work. So, uh, Justin, real quick, what do you make of this one to close it out? Yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like there really are very many projects that can escape the, the effects of the, the strike going on. Um, 
and you know like you said it it seems like they've exhausted basically all that they could do and they're they're at their roadblock now where they really can't continue um so it it was kind of a uh a next year kind of thing anyway for this particular show i I was not expecting it to really even see anything relating to it um until probably into sometime into next year um so uh, i'm not 100 percent sure how much uh they have left to do for filming but um you know until the the strike is concluded that we're probably not going to see any news uh going forward Uh, as far as the casting it's really kind of hard to say without knowing more about what the show is going to be about um we haven't really even seen any uh like screenshots or we know a little bit about what its premise is but we don't really know much about um the specifics of different characters or um or what what the plot is really going to be so until we know more uh it's kind of hard to say um much about what's going to uh happen you know with particular characters or or what's going on in the story but Hopefully the the strike is over soon because um, the longer it goes, it's going to affect more projects. Yeah, absolutely, Michael, your take, please. No, I think it's, well. I think it's good that they were actually getting some work done. That's a that's a positive thing. Um, and you know, find, looking for ways around this, but but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that they're kind of hit a roadblock with some SAG actors. I mean, I know there's a bunch of actors that we would like to see make cameos or some sort of um, visibility in the alien uh, series. Um, again, maybe this is just some SAG actor that's not necessarily related to the, the series um, in the past, but obviously somebody like a Sigourney Weaver or a Michael Bynes or somebody like that making some sort of cameo in the series would be something I think we would all be really interested to see, even if it was just like in a flashback or something, right? Um, but the, yeah, the fact that they were able to get this far um, with it given what's been going on for the past several months, I think that's a good sign. But yeah, I totally, you know, I, I don't know that we'll uh, see it. I don't know if there's an end of this anytime soon, uh, but hopefully we, once, you know, this all gets sorted out, it'll kind of prevent uh, any of these types of things from going forward in the future, or at least in the near future. Absolutely. And folks, that's going to do it for us this week. Hopefully uh, we'll have a lot of stuff for you from PAX West, from the team there, and lots of new entertainment news next week. For those of you that are getting a long weekend, certainly enjoy it, and we'll be back next week with a brand new show for you. Until then, take care.